All right, turn our Bibles to the book of Matthew tonight, Matthew chapter number 9, uh, Matthew chapter number 9, and uh, I, while you're turning there, um, I, I, I want to uh, say to Miss Delma Thomas, hello, and you may say, well, sh she's not in the service tonight, uh, she had to move back to New Jersey and uh, she called me this past week, and, and it's like at 9.30 at night. I was like, why is she calling me? What's wrong? And so, y'all know Miss Delma, right? Uh, and so she called me and said, Pastor, how are you doing? I said, I'm doing good, Miss Delma. How are you doing? She said, well, I just called to say hello. She said, I'm listening to you preach. And I said, really? And uh, she was listening to uh, the podcast or, or the, the messages are on the um, website. And uh, she said, I was calling to tell you I enjoy listening when I don't have to see you. <laughs> and so um, I said, I, I appreciate that. And uh, she's just laughing and cackling and uh, uh, certainly miss her. But I want to say if she comes across this message, hello, to my great encourager, Miss Delma uh, Thomas, but it reminds me to mention to you that uh, every service there is a a podcast. If you know what that is, you can take advantage of that. Um, if you don't, don't worry about it. Uh, it's, it's too complicated to explain. Uh, but all of our messages, because uh, I, I get asked from time to time, Pastor, can I uh, get a copy of of a certain message? If you just go to our website, uh, they're uploaded there every week, and so you can download them from there. And uh, if you slept through the first time, you can uh, listen to it at your own leisure there. But uh, Matthew chapter number 9, let's look at the end of the chapter, beginning with verse 35. And this is a passage, another passage of Scripture that uh, I revisit from time to time to uh, keep my focus as a pastor, keep my focus as a uh, Christian. I think it's good for us to keep our focus as a church uh, especially through the last uh, little bit of time, there's been some moves here, some moves there, some uh, things waiting on the Lord to do some things, and I think it's important for us to keep our focus on what God has for us and not the ex external things, if, if, if that makes sense. And so uh, I know that it's easy for me uh, to get caught up in everything that's going on and seeking wisdom from the Lord to, okay, what is the next decision and, and how do we incorporate uh, everybody into that decision and, and how do we move forward and, and, uh, and things of that nature. And so what helps me is go back to the Word of God and these passages of Scripture that help guide us. And so tonight is just another uh, another uh, reference back to uh, scripture that's our that's our uh, got, got scripture that guides us as God's church. And just to remind us, I don't think I'll preach very long uh, tonight. And uh, so some of you will be encouraged by that. But um, uh, tonight I want to uh, read from Matthew chapter number nine. I'll begin reading in verse thirty-five. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. I can't read that verse of scripture without it just, it just, it just capturing my attention. And I always have to pause at the thought of Jesus, our Savior, 
the one who came to seek and to save that which was lost. Verse 35 gives us context. He's going from city to city and place to place, teaching, preaching, meeting needs, healing the sick. But then in verse 36, we're reminded when he saw the multitudes, uh, it, it wasn't, it, it wasn't the, the multitudes of animals that needed saving. It wasn't the, uh, the multitudes of these other causes. It was he saw the multitudes of people. He was moved with compassion uh, on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. They had no leadership. Nobody to point them the right way. He's moved with compassion by that. Verse 37, Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Uh, again, uh, there's the multitudes, and what Jesus is saying is if there were, if there were more laborers, there'd be a greater harvest. I think, I think that's still true today. Uh, if, if, there were, if there were greater uh, laborers, there'd be a greater, greater har- harvest. Verse 38, Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. I want to take this passage of Scripture, and I want to revisit some things tonight. Uh, but I want to preach on this subject, sobering questions for the Emmanuel Baptist Church. Sobering questions for the Emmanuel Baptist Church. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray now that as we look at this familiar passage of Scripture, uh, one that uh, I refer to often, I've preached from many times, I'm certain I'll preach from it many times more in the future, may we be reminded that uh, you sent your Son to uh, be the Savior for all men. May we be reminded that Uh, We do what we do as a church because there are lost men who need salvation. And Father, while we certainly enjoy the fellowship of the church, we certainly enjoy uh, the edification, we enjoy growing in our own Christian life, Uh, may we be reminded tonight that part of the reason why we grow uh, more like our Savior is so that we can uh, be a witness uh, to lost men. Father, may we, as we ask these questions tonight, just be reminded Just be reminded as in the days ahead, there'll be uh, a lot of different things going on. May we be reminded, keep our focus. And oftentimes as a Christian, and oftentimes we, uh, things come our way that uh, kind of distract us. And they, uh, if you will, turn our schedule, turn our life upside down. May we be, uh, use this passage of scripture tonight to uh, bring some things back into focus. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, There are a lot of things that we enjoy as Christians. There's a lot of things that we enjoy as a child of God. I enjoy coming to church. I alluded to this Wednesday. Some people just don't understand. I like being the way that I am. Uh, I like, well, well, why don't you change the way you do church? I like the way I do church. Uh, I like the way we have church. I like the songs that we sing. I like the fellowship. I'm going to confess something to you. You may not believe it. I even like you. Most of you anyway. I like you. And uh, I enjoy church. What a, what a benefit. What a benefit of salvation. Not just having our eternity secured. That's, that's what it's all about. Uh, but we get to enjoy the church. And by the way, if you don't enjoy the church, it's probably not a problem with the church. Um, we ought to enjoy coming to church. I mean, the music. You cannot get better music anywhere. 
and you probably can't get better preaching. Well, anyway, I'll let you make that. I'll let you make that uh, determination there. Uh, but I enjoy. I enjoy spending time in the Word of God. Uh, I enjoy uh, reading them. I just feel better after reading the Bible. Uh, I feel cleaner after reading the Bible. Uh, I love it when I, I'm reading something and I've read it many, many times, and the Holy Spirit on that day just brings something out and it jumps off the page. I mean, I, I enjoy that. Let me ask the Christian when's the last time you read your Bible and said, I've never seen that before? It's been there the whole time and I've never seen it before. And for some reason, the Holy Spirit shed light on a particular truth, a particular phrase, a particular word. At that time when you were reading, I love that. I love the fact that the Holy Spirit of God that dwells within me, who, who impressed the men who authored this book, who wrote this book, uh, communicates to me through the Word of God. I enjoy talking to God. I enjoy prayer. I enjoy speaking to Him. I love that the, the, the thought that uh, because Jesus acted as our high priest, we have access to the Heavenly Father. Uh, what, 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 a, what a joy. Uh, what, a, what an honor. Uh, there's much benefits uh, to being saved. The church is important. The church is vital. Uh, listen to me very carefully, Christian. Uh, you cannot grow as you would grow without the church. You can't. Uh, if you have the opportunity to be part of a Bible-preaching church and you're not, uh, you cannot say that you are in the right fellowship with God. Scripture is clear. Um, uh, we, we, we need the church. Uh, couples who are rearing children, you need the church. Uh, you need the church. Your children need a pastor. You need a pastor. You need the church. If you're a single adult tonight and, and uh, you're still trying to find your way in this world, uh, you need the church to help you. You need the church to help guide you. You need the church. We could give testimony tonight if we took the time to go around the room and give testimony about what the church has meant to each one of us through the years. Uh, whether it's this church, this church is certainly a blessing, or as you've been in church to church and you finally found the church, said you finally found the church uh, that you're going to grow old and die in, that that church, the Emmanuel Baptist Church, as God has brought you here. Uh, what, a, what, a, what a blessing the church has been. Uh, we live in a day when the church is de-emphasized more and more. We live in a society, and I have had to take a mental approach to this as a pastor. I, I have to approach society a little bit differently than previous generations. Now, the Bible hasn't changed. Uh, truth has not changed. The way we do church has not and will not change. But what I mean by that, there was a day when everybody went to Sunday school. Uh, there was a day when you could talk about uh, Bible stories and everybody has heard them. Uh, there is a day you, you, you can encounter, many of you would give testimony to this, you've encountered people who have no idea who Jesus is. And before you can talk to them about trusting Christ as their Savior, you have to explain to them who He is. Uh, this is the world we live in when it's de-emphasized. We, uh, we believe the lie of the devil is saying in the life of a Christian, we don't need a church. That's not true. Uh, that, that is false. That is fake news. Let me put it there where, where, you can, where you can understand it. We need the church. As our world changes, as our nation continues to change, as our cities and our neighborhoods and our towns continue to change, 
the church becomes more and more vital. I believe the Emmanuel Baptist Church is here for such a time as this. I believe it's no coincidence that God placed all of us here at this time in the growth of our city, in our nation during this time, in this world. I believe we're here for such a time as this. I believe the Lord is positioning us strategically to reach people with the gospel. I believe that with my whole heart. God has been very good to us. Many of you have been a member of this church as long as I've been a member of this church, and I'll just say this, I've grown up here, so that's a long, long time. Uh, we have seen God do some amazing things. Amen. We have seen God do some miraculous things. And what a blessing and an honor to be a part of God's church. Uh, but tonight, with our text as the backdrop, and trying as best we can to understand from our Lord's viewpoint as he saw those masses, those multitudes, as the scripture calls them. He didn't see them for all of their problems. He didn't see them for all of the trouble. He saw them in their need. And he was moved with compassion. What a standard our Savior has set. We often say, we ought to be like Christ, and we certainly should strive to be like Christ. We ought to try and be like Him, but that also includes the area of compassion. And tonight, just, just for a few moments, as we get into a busy part of our year, and I believe here tonight, I believe, I believe I'm certain of some things that the Lord is doing and the Lord is going to do, but I can sit here tonight and say, I believe God's got greater things than we even know of that He wants to do for us as a church in the future. But I want to ask us some very sobering questions. <clears throat> and I've asked these questions before, and I'm going to <clears throat> ask you questions that I ask myself. And I, I hope that we're able to answer them or we're willing to answer them. Tonight, the first question I want to ask as we look at, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. We think of that word multitudes. And the population of our world is growing. The population of our nation is growing. Uh, I don't know if you've paid attention in our city. It's growing and growing very, very rapidly and quickly. We think of that word multitudes and the, the, the large numbers of people. And the first sobering question I'll ask that I've often asked myself and I'll ask us tonight <clears throat> to be reminded, do people still need the gospel? I know it's 2019. <clears throat> I know a lot has changed politically. I know a lot has changed morally in our country. I know a lot has changed in, in the way people live today. But the question still remains the same. Do people still need the gospel? Absolutely, they do. Uh, people still need the Word of God. They still need the gospel. The greatest need is the gospel. That is the greatest need. Uh, let's use our city as an example. I don't know if you pay attention, but uh, Jacksonville's got a crime problem. It does have a crime problem. Uh, and, and I'm glad that we have politicians and elected officials uh, who, who, are, who are trying to wrap their brain around how we can try and improve that. But, I, but I've got the solution. I just don't know if anybody wants to hear it. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. 
You change man's heart, you'll, they'll change their actions. You change man's hearts, you'll change their habits and the things that they do. That is the solution. So <clears throat> as we make some decisions in the future, mom and dad, as you rear your children, let me, let me keep this question in your mind. Do people still need the gospel? As we begin to reset some buttons and lay some foundations for the future, and we talk about programs and, and, and things that we do as in ministries, and we prioritize different things, we have to do so with this question in mind. Do people still need the gospel? 20 years ago, this city needed the gospel. The population is much larger now, so the question can still be answered the same way. Do people still need the gospel? Absolutely. Jesus was moved with compassion. He saw them for their greatest need. The need of the gospel, the need of his sacrifice. Do people still need the gospel? The second question I'll ask in relation to the first question, as we look at the example, the Lord. Uh, let me back up. If we can answer that question, do, we, do people still need the gospel? And every one of us, I believe, tonight would answer yes. And shouldn't the mission of the church remain the way that God, that God set it? To get the gospel to people? Well, if we would just ask questions like we're asking tonight, it'll keep us from changing in areas we don't need to change in. It'll keep us from straying into things that we don't need to stray into. Because people still need the gospel. The second question, as we look at our text, verse 36, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. The second question I'll ask us tonight as a church is, do we care? Do people still need the gospel? That's the first question. I think we would all answer that, absolutely. The second question follows the first question, because that's usually where they come. Two comes after one. But it ties directly with one. Okay, so people need the gospel. Do we care? We know the Lord cared. Our text tells us He was moved with compassion. But we know that He went to the cross of Calvary and He shed His own blood so those that He saw could have salvation. We could have salvation. A lot of times, we as Christians, a lot of times churches as the Emmanuel Baptist Church like to look at people as statistics and not be moved with the compassion that we ought to have, the fact that there is a need for the gospel. We would all agree tonight <clears throat> that uh, there is a great need of the gospel. Now let me ask you the second question, do you care? Do you care? Well, I could, I could preach a message tonight on the fact that, it, that, that man is going to spend eternity either in heaven or hell. <clears throat> and the only way that you get to heaven is through the applied blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> you have got to know that He is your personal Savior. And if you're saved tonight, how many of you are saved tonight? We, we all got saved the same way. Through the Lord Jesus Christ. And there is still a hell. It is still a real place. And every man that dies without Christ dies and goes to a, to, to a literal hell. We agree with that. But do you care about that? It's hard to make the argument that you care if you attend church casually. It's hard to make the argument that you care that you don't, but you don't give to world missions. 
It's hard to make the argument that we care, but you can't remember the last time you invited someone to church or God laid anybody on your heart to pray for their salvation so that you might be a witness. The question that we must come back to from time to time as a church is, do we care? Can we be moved with compassion? Sad to say, many Christians and even many churches that used to have the compassion don't have the compassion anymore because they've put their own needs ahead of the needs of the lost. I believe that we should do things professionally. I believe we should do things with, with class, be first class in what we do. But I don't believe we should go to the extravagant needs when we can take some of that and we can use it to reach people who've never heard the name of Jesus. Do we care? What part are you playing in reaching the lost? Everybody has a part they can play. On Sunday morning, there's one preacher, and that's, that's, that's the pastor. That's the part I play. But there's a part for you to play. And we have guests coming in, you speaking to a guest and making them feel welcome. That, that, play, that, that helps prepare them to hear the message. Praying throughout, throughout the week. Pray for your pastor to have wisdom and have power and, and, and to preach with, with power so that those that are lost might be saved. That's a part that everybody can play, and quite frankly, should play. But everybody can have a part. Pastor, the Lord hasn't called me to the other side of the world, but you can give so much so somebody else can go. We see, we have to ask questions when we set our focus on our future. We set our focus on our life. We set our focus as we pray for our children as they grow. Jesus saw the multitudes. He was moved with compassion. And we know, this, we know Jesus cared because he came to die for men. But he put the fact that he was moved in Scripture for you and I to see what his focus was and for us to have a pattern to set. Uh, the question is, do people still need the gospel? Are there multitudes that still need Christ? The answer is a resounding yes. But the second question is, do we care? Do we care? Our focuses have always got to be on lost men receiving the gospel. Have you lost your compassion? Have you lost your compassion about the lost? Every one of us have needs, spiritual needs that we need met. Don't you love it when, when your tank is empty and you come to church? And spiritually speaking, you get filled up. And God, 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 God lays a message on the heart of your pastor unknowingly to anybody but you. That's exactly the answer you needed. Don't you enjoy that? I enjoy it. I enjoy, I, I enjoy uh, playing my part as the pastor of this church, but there's some Sundays I get extra blessed by my own preaching. I mean, I, that, that's just hard to explain there. I, because God just God uses what He gives me to give you. It just, it just does something for me. I think that's the way it's supposed to be anyway. But outside of us needing our own, we, shouldn't, we don't need to be selfish with church. I'm just getting for me, me, me. The church is here for you, but do we care that others still need the gospel? Third question. As we look at verse 37, I'll ask the question, will Jesus give the harvest? Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, 
there is a harvest. And the question is, will Jesus give the harvest? Do people still need the gospel? There's still multitudes as Jesus is about uh, his business. He is teaching and preaching. He is healing the sick. He is performing miracles. And then he sees the multitudes as they begin to gather, he looks at them and he is moved with compassion because he sees them scattered. Sheep having no shepherd, nobody to point them. They are looking for answers and he is moved with compassion. He points out to his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous. As far as harvest goes, I don't want a little harvest, I want a big harvest. I don't want a small harvest, I want a great harvest. I don't want few to find Christ. I want many to find Christ. Is there a greater thing that you and I could have a part in than lost men being saved? Oh, the, the, the answer to that is no, there's nothing greater you and I can have a part in. Will Jesus give the harvest? Uh, let me just remind us, it's 2019. It's a... New day, a new generation. Technology has advanced more in the 20 years than the previous 2,000 years. But the gospel still works. The gospel still works. It is still simple childlike faith that brings a lost sinner to Christ. He still uses the same things that he has always used. He still uses uh, inadequate, sinful men to be a witness to, to preach the gospel. He still, it is still the gospel, the same old message. Will Jesus give the harvest? Can anyone make an argument, build a case that Jesus is less concerned about sinners being saved today than he was then? Not using scripture, you can't. The, the, the harvest is still plenteous. The gospel still works. As we think of these questions tonight, we think of our text and this passage of scripture that helps us keep things in focus. Do people still need the gospel? Are there still multitudes? Do we care? Do we have the compassion that Christ had? Will Jesus give the harvest? I believe that answer is yes and uh, what, what a ministry our Lord had and the miracles that he did. We know that we now have access to the Holy Spirit of God to help us do the work to point others to Christ. Uh, the harvest is still plenteous. The harvest is still available. A harvest can be had. Uh, that is why we are here. Uh, that is why God has assembled us as a church because there is still a harvest that can be reaped. And then number four, and I'm done. As we look at verse 37, Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. But the laborers are few. But the laborers are few. Jesus makes a declarative statement. It was not a statement where he was asking for debate. Because when the Lord makes a statement, there's no sense in debating it. He said, here's the multitudes. The multitudes that need a shepherd. The multitudes that needed Christ 
And he was moved with compassion. But then he makes this statement, the labors are few. Is, is there two greater extremes in the English vocabulary from multitude to few? Few we know is just, a, just, just two or three, is just a handful. And just a small gathering. Multitudes is that open-ended word that, that means you can't, you can't number them. There are too many to even number. And we have one extreme with multitudes. And all the way on the other extreme, the Lord says, look at all of these who need me, all of these who need a shepherd, but yet the laborers are just very few. Verse 38, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. My fourth and final question. After we've asked the first question, do people still need the gospel? Number two, do we care? Number three, will Jesus give the harvest is this? Are the laborers still few? These are sobering questions for the Emmanuel Baptist Church. Are the laborers still few? There are still multitudes that need to be reached. There are still multitudes that need the gospel. The, the, the greatest need of lost man today is still the Lord Jesus Christ. It is still Him. It is still our risen Savior. A welfare program is not going to change our world. All, the, all, all these programs in the world, uh, they may not be bad in themselves, but they are not sufficient to change man, to change our world. Only the Lord Jesus Christ, only the mission of the local church can change our world. We must be honest tonight. Can you imagine as those disciples went from city and villages listening to the Lord preach? Seeing those in those services that say, I believe that you are the Christ. The miracles that he performed, the sick that he healed. Something tells me the preaching of the Lord Jesus Christ was pretty doctrinal. Something tells me that it was very practical. Something tells me it was very compassionate and passionate. And to watch the Lord preach and teach in those synagogues and to do those miracles and then... He, he sees the multitudes and the, to watch the Son of God stop and be moved with the compassion. Think about that. Deity moved by mankind and their hopelessness and their wanderings looking for the truth. Knowing He's the solution, knowing He's the answer, knowing He is what they need, and to witness that and to be in His presence and to see Him point out the multitudes and to see Him be moved with compassion. Look at the definitions. Get you an old English dictionary and, and look up those defini the definitions of words. Move with compassion. When you're moved with compassion, it's obvious to everybody that's around you. It is not uh, just like it was before. I mean, it, it is a it is a it is a wrench, heart wrenching thing, and to watch the Son of God be moved—what a sight that would have been! 
how, 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 I have no idea how I would have even observed that. But then on the heels of our Savior being moved with compassion, that would move my heart. Uh, that would, you watch somebody be torn up with compassion is hard. If, you, if, you, if, you're not, if your heart isn't is 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 made of stone to watch somebody else shed a tear, it won't be long before uh, your, your eyes start welling up, especially somebody you care about, to see them move with compassion. There you are with them. Your heart begins to wrench as well. They may, you may not even be seeing what the Lord is seeing, but to see our Lord shed a tear, to see our Lord move with compassion, how that must have stirred their hearts but then to have that emotion, and then for, for the Son of God to make that statement, but the labors are few. On the heels of watching the Son of God be moved with that compassion, to have those words uttered that must have struck like a hammer. What's going to happen? How are they going to be helped? The laborers are few tonight. My last question is this. Are the laborers still few? Let's be honest. The church needs laborers. The work of God is just that. It's the work of God. Say, well, I have to give up my, 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 my weekend. I have to. Hey, we're talking about the work of God. Well, I don't have to be involved to be saved. No, you don't. But I'm just asking some questions tonight for us as a church to be willing to answer. Are there still multitudes that need to be saved? Will, will, will the Lord still give the harvest? And tonight, are the laborers still few? Are there more who could be involved in the work of God who are not in the work of God? It's hard for us. To talk about how, how this world needs Christ and then us not be willing to do anything about it? Are the laborers still few? I believe the significance here are those willing. The Lord is pointing out that there needs to be those who are willing to do His work. To be willing to be involved in the harvest of souls. That's why I'll remind us as a church, our focus is to produce generation after generation of laborers. I, I challenge our young people uh, as they get close to graduation. And Well, I just don't feel a call on my life. Well, I just don't. And my, my response to that is, well, can you think of a greater thing that you could use your life for? Then to just say, I'm going to use the one life that God has given me just to keep as many people out of hell as I possibly can? And if I can find a ministry at a young age, if I can find a place and just decide to use my life to help reap a harvest, I can't think of a greater thing to use a life for. But laborers have a different attitude about themselves. You know what I've discovered? Laborers aren't victims. They're laborers. Laborers have their mission. Laborers have their focus. They're laborers. For years and even decades, our church has labored at reaching the lost. If the Lord tarries His coming for decades more, our focus is to labor at reaching the lost. 
Everybody can have a part in that. That's the focus of our church. That's the mission of our church. Well, I, I want the Lord, I miss those that the Lord calls out of our church to go to other places, but at the same time, that is the greatest compliment that the Lord could give our church is to reach it amongst us and to call your children, to call my children, to call those amongst us and say, hey, I'm going to send them out to the great harvest. And what a greater, hey, let, 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 and I'm not going to fight on Sunday school this morning. There's, there's some that are our brethren. I'm not interested in fighting them. I'm not interested in getting in their way, but I know what the Lord has called the Emmanuel Baptist Church to do, and that is to make a difference in the souls of men, to preach the gospel, to go go and, and, and compel them to come in so they might receive the Savior. It's not a matter of uh, the multitude still great, the multitude is still great. It, tonight it's not a matter of, uh, is Christ still willing and able to save? Absolutely, He's still willing. Absolutely, He's still able. It really comes down to, are we going to keep our focus in laboring to reach the harvest. Uh, that is our desire. It takes, somebody's going to have to labor and listen to me. Uh, there are some in our church who are getting a little bit of age on them. I'll look up here so nobody thinks I'm talking about them. But they can labor in some manner. And I say that to only say this. And I've been emphasizing this a lot, and I'm going to emphasize it more. There are some, you've still got your strength. Well, I'm trying to see what the Lord had me to do. He wants you to labor, He wants you to have a part in the harvest. It's going to take some that'll labor and go out and compel them to come in, that'll go out. It's going to take some to labor and every opportunity they have to be a witness uh, just in their daily, 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 daily week just to look for an opportunity to, to give the gospel. Some are going to have to labor in that. But you know, we got, we're going to have to have uh, Christians and we're going to have to have members of the Emmanuel Baptist Church who are willing to labor in their prayer closet. Labor in the fact that, and if you don't think a prayer is labor, you haven't done a whole lot of it. And, and labor in your prayer closet. And Lord, we've got to have your power. We've got to have your provision. Would you empower our pastor as he preaches? Would you empower our Sunday school teachers? Would you empower our church? Would you use us to be a part of reaching the harvest? Some have got to just decide and say, this is what God wants of me. And I'm going to labor in my prayer closet while others are laboring in a Sunday school class, while others are laboring laboring by knocking on some doors while others are laboring in driving a bus. I'm going to labor in prayer so that the harvest can be reached. We have to labor in service. Some, you, you know, just labor in encouragement. I didn't say labor in discouragement. Hey, that, that's why. That, that's why. That's why, friend. Every every one of us. That's why uh, some of. You, I'm just going to go ahead ahead and say it. Some of you singles. I'm very concerned about you. Very concerned. Oh, what's the big deal? The big deal is there's a harvest, and there are lost souls. 
And this may sound harsh and this may sound cruel, but often when I am, I am imploring a child of God to, hey, get a hold of, uh, uh, of your life and get things where, the, where it ought to be. And, well, it doesn't matter, Pastor. I ask this question. Who's going to die and go to hell because you wouldn't fulfill your role of service? Who's going to die and go to hell because you dropped out of the will of God? Who's going to die and go to hell because you refuse to tithe and you refuse to give and you refuse to stand at your post? It is that important. There's a harvest. There's a harvest. Can you imagine being an eyewitness of the Son of God moved with compassion? What moved him? The multitudes did. The sheep with no shepherd. Well, if there's ever a day in history of this world, in the history of our country, where we need to be concerned and we need to have laborers for the harvest. I don't understand. I don't understand. And Christians, generally speaking, churches, generally speaking, will we'll say in one, in one moment, oh, we believe the Lord is coming back. But then the next moment, we want to do, do less to reach souls. To do less I think everybody ought to be involved in some way. And I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to remind everybody. I'm just going to go ahead and say it because we need to be reminded. God did not bring you to the Emmanuel Baptist Church to do nothing. And if you're a young person and you were, you, 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 you were born into the Emmanuel Baptist Church and, and you've had the privilege of being in our schools and our ministry and our Sunday school program, God didn't put you here to do absolutely nothing with your life for Him. Amen. He didn't bring you here just to make a whole bunch of money. And, I didn't, and I'll let you see my notes. It's not in my notes. I'm just going to assume it's the leading of the Holy Spirit tonight. Uh, the gifts and callings of God are, with, are, not, are without repentance. Right. It means God doesn't change His mind. So you don't need to change yours. Right. Well, I didn't know no, God hasn't changed His mind. So you, you, you don't change your mind. Just some sobering questions for the Emmanuel Baptist Church. Pastor, why does everything come back to, 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 because we have to look at it through the lens the best we can of the Son of God. What moved Him? Programs did not move Him. But people did. Lost sinners, their need is greater than my comfort. Greater than my convenience. Just some sobering questions. Just to remind your pastor, to remind you tonight. As we press forward in what God has for us, we've always got to come back to those foundational scriptures. I have them. I've been talking a lot about it. You need to have them in your life, in your home that you're always willing to come back to, that to, to, I call I don't know if this makes sense to you, to recalibrate your thinking. To hit that reset button, okay. In the busyness of this world, it really still is just about souls. 
and what can, can we do to reach them? We must work while we can because the time comes when no man can work. Just some questions to ask us tonight. What are we doing? Are the laborers still few? In, in, the, in the months ahead, there's going to be a lot of opportunity for you to get involved in ministry. Get involved. Get involved. I'm here to remind you tonight that serving in the nursery is important. I'm here to remind you tonight that singing the choir is important. I'm here to remind you tonight that whatever area of service that the Lord brings along your way, it's important. Now, I was thinking about this this afternoon. There's been an elderly couple who's been here the last three weeks passing through their RVers. I don't know if that's a term. Um, but three weeks ago, they brought their granddaughter with them, and she got saved. Uh, I know they're glad there was a church that they could stop, pick up their grandchild, bring them to church, and there would be a gospel message preached. There'd be a spirit that would be honoring to the Lord. Uh, it, it's important. Every area that we have to serve is important. The focus is the same. Uh, just some very sobering questions. Young people, as you decide, teenagers, young adults, as you decide what God wants to do in your life, I think you've got to ask yourself these questions before you make that decision. I don't know who this may apply to tonight. I don't know that it applies to anybody. But before you take a job in another town, another city, I think you've got to ask the question, these, yourself these questions. As you lay out the future for your kids and what you want from them and the goals and the way you're going to pray for them, I think you've got to ask yourself these questions. And I think if we'll ask these questions honestly, the will of God will not be as confusing as we like to make it. If it moved Christ with compassion, can there be anything else that is a priority? I, I, I can't find anything else that would be a priority.